I know that this is, we are both Miami alum here and not to sound like, you know, this is like a paid Miami advertisement, but the next step was 100% thanks to Miami and actually Dr. Vogel and a fellow alum. Katie Quinn is a video creator, host, and soon-to-be HarperCollins published author. It's pretty cool. Listen for that. But you'll hear in her own words. She's quite quirky. She thinks there's a story to be told everywhere, especially in the connection between food and people. Our chat jumps from balancing her brain's quirkiness and entrepreneurial spirit to figuring out what she wanted to do in life via a process of elimination. Her path from Miami to London, where she lives now, isn't a straight line. But as you'll hear, it's purposeful and always advancing, including a side hustle internship that accelerated her career while she had a nine to five job at NBC. As a creator, she shares her passion of building a community and how to take advantage of the digital age we live in now. Enjoy Katie Q. So aside from being kind of a fun play on my initials, which are KQ, Katie Quinn, um, Keep It Quirky is at the very heart of what I truly believe about life, professional life and personal life and success of all kinds, which is that you can't take yourself too seriously in this life. In Even the most productive people have to remember, um, you know, why they're doing it. And, and the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing um, is to share joy with people around the world. And that, so that, that's completely squashed if I, if I forget to keep it quirky while I'm creating. Was, was, there, a, was there a life lesson or a moment where you were uh, too serious or took something too seriously and all of a sudden <laughs> you came up with this slogan or mantra or has that been your personality and belief your whole life? I think it's mostly the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not like, a, there wasn't like a spark where I was like, ooh, this is it. It's mostly, if you talk to anyone, they'll tell you, I'm a super quirky person. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I'm an entrepreneur and I am very, I very much have that um, driven, perfectionistic type A mentality that many entrepreneurs must have to be successful. So so I'm constantly balancing those two things. And I think a part of the slogan, keep it quirky, is a reminder to myself just as much as it is messaging to my audience. It's also a reminder to myself every time I say it. Are, are, there, are there tangible things that you do to balance those two sides, kind of the two sides of your brain? Or is it just how you spend your time in a day that balances it. Yeah, no, I, I try to be very purposeful about making sure that to inject the quirk in my day, (laughs) if you will. Um, and I will do that a variety of ways. I mean, um, I mean, this might not sound super quirky, but I make a point to, um, like go do some, do some physical exercise in a day, whether it be yoga or rock climbing. We have a great rock climbing, um, gym right, right in our neighborhood, um, going for a run, anything to just get my, basically get myself out of my mind and get myself into my body. I find really lightens, <laughs> kind of lightens me up. Um, you know, dancing or whatever. I, I probably don't dance as much as I should, but, um, that's always a, a good reminder for me. Mm. 
And, and if we go back to pre-London, pre-New York, and we'll, we'll touch on both of those, Oxford, Ohio, what, how, how did the quirkiness and the entrepreneurship in you uh, or entrepreneurial spirit come out during your time at Miami? Uh, Oxford, Ohio. I need to get back and visit. <laughs> um, it's it, so it, my, my quirkiness and my, the business side of my brains were so happy in Oxford because they were both exercised so much. Um, so I was a mass communications major and a theater minor. And I think it's probably fair to say that all of the business goal oriented, very practical things that I was doing and, and aiming for were, were scratched in my communications classes and production. I was focusing in production. So learning the ins and outs of cameras and editing systems. And, and then I would go to a theater class and, you know, jump up and down and, and, you know, read over monologues and try lines various ways. Um, and that, that really allowed me to express myself in that, in the quirky way that I, that I so love. <laughs> and and were, I mean, you talked earlier about the words purposeful, were those majors and the major and the minor there of mass common theater purposeful in you already had a sense of what you wanted to do when you left school? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I, there are two ways that that question could kind of be interpreted. One is like, did I know what I was doing while I was at Miami or how much was it, you know, once I first got there out of high school? Um, and the answer to that question is I, that was completely or very largely driven by classes that I took. I, when I first went to Miami, I thought I might be a psychology major. Hmm. I, I really wasn't sure. Um, I took a, a mass comm class with Dr. Vogel, who's retired now, but was an amazing, amazing professor opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, I took another class in which I made, I made a little documentary for, and that also was like, Oh, Whoa, okay, wait, this is, this is something I really want to do. And so those experiences helped kind of push me into that becoming my major. Um, theater had always been a passion. And so because of the curriculum at Miami and because of the friends that I made at Miami, I was encouraged to tack on that, passion um and make it my minor which was so awesome so much fun um and then the other part of your question of is like getting out of Miami did I know what I was going to do with those things no I <laughs> David I had no idea <laughs> I mean it's funny thing about now I just remember like senior year feeling like oh what why what's going on what did I choose to do and where's it going to take me but now Ten years later, I'm making myself feel very old here. Um, but ten years later, seeing that that like it, it totally it makes a hundred percent of sense. <laughs> it's it's really like I feel like in my life I am still that mascom major and theater minor. Mm. <laughs> and not to date myself, but I did have Dr. Vogel in mascom. I, did you? I think that was one thirty-five and scary. I think it's been about thirty <laughs> years, so. I'm impressed you remember. I think it was. That's that's incredible. I think it was the first class I actually took uh, on whatever the Monday or Tuesday morning. So I think that's why I probably remember it more so than others. But yeah, that'll in, do it. In a good call. All right. So you're you're leaving Oxford. You're in this moment of why, as you said. Where do you where do you go next? And where do you so, get that first job? 
Okay. So again, um, I mean, I know that this is, we are both Miami alum here and not to sound like, you know, this is like a paid Miami advertisement, but there I, the next step was a hundred percent thanks to Miami and actually Dr. Vogel and a fellow alum. So what happened was, um, I applied to the NBC page program, which I, I'm not sure if you've seen 30 rock with Tina Fey, um, the character of Kenneth yep. is a page and that is not just a fictional character. That's an actual position, um, within NBC. It's a highly competitive postgraduate program and, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to get into unless you know someone that like, does, that's the sad truth, right? That's like connections. And I was like, I am from rural Ohio. I went to school in rural Ohio. Like, I don't have any connections, certainly not in New York or not in this industry at all. But I found out about the program and I was like, I want to do this. And I was so certain this was what I wanted to do. So I applied online talked to various professors that I had about anyone that they might know who did the program and got some names and phone numbers and called those people, got some good information. It's about six months later, probably I hadn't heard anything, but still knew that this was what I wanted to do. I mean, I had put all of my eggs in this basket really. Um, and, and it was around that time that I, I went to Dr. Vogel's office hours and I told him this. I was like, my heart is really set on this. And, you know, do you have any advice for me? Do, is there anyone else you think I could talk to? And it was at that point that he gave me um, the information of a Miami alum who had done the NBC page program and um, had was then uh, the assistant to the CEO and president of NBC at the time. So I didn't know this, but I called her and we talked about the page program and my interest in it. Um, and at the end of the call, she said, well, Hey, you know what? Send me your, send me your resume. I'll see if I can get it in the right hands. Again, I did not know her, her position in the company exactly at that time. So, so I did. And the next day I got a call <laughs> and then it, you know, then like the following week I interviewed two weeks later, I got in the program and, a week after graduation, I moved to New York. Wow. I mean, the power of relationships and taking advantage of those relationships. Relationships are so much. And like I said before, like when I felt like I felt really hopeless about that kind of fact of the world for a while, just because it's like, I'm an old, I, I just don't know anyone in these big cities. I felt like such a, such a little country girl kind of, um, but but that doesn't matter. And especially even more so now um, with the internet and social media, which, you know, we didn't have, Instagram didn't exist when I was, <laughs> when I was doing all this, right? So, um, so even more so, I think that it is less an obstacle than many people may think it is. Mm. And so you've, you spent a couple years at NBC and New York before you jumped to London. What, what, what are the takeaways yeah. of those first couple jobs and what you're learning? And as now you're in your early 20s, are you starting to figure out what you really want to do? Yeah, I mean, it was all a 
it was all um, a process of elimination, really. The amazing thing about the PAGE program is that it's a rotational program. So every three months, you hop around to different departments of NBC. So, um, so I got to know different parts of the industry that I thought I probably wanted to be a part of. So I did, was with NBC Politics. It's actually when Barack Obama was elected, which was so exciting. Um, worked at Saturday Night Live. I worked at the Today Show. So I had all these kinds of experiences in like news, entertainment, and, and getting to know, okay, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. I got to dip my toe in a lot of different things um, and yeah, it, it led to just about everything that I have done since. So I was in New York for 10 years mm. and, um, and moved to London about two and a half years ago. So before we get to London, you talked about process of elimination. During that time, what did you learn that you didn't want to do? Oh, what a question. Um... I, I think I learned that I wanted to have a lot of say in my day to day. Um, and that meant, for example, not having every moment of my day be dictated by breaking news. Um, that's a really exciting place to be. And there are some people who are born to do it. I have friends who do it and it's like, wow, they, they are incredible. They really excel in it. And, and, I, and I think in those situations, um, when I was working for NBC Special Reports, for instance, it was, there was so much adrenaline and I, and I was good at it and I liked it. But at the same time, I knew, okay, down the line, um, you know, and I still, I don't have any children yet at this point in my life, but you know, even, even in my early twenties, I was like, if my child, if my like son has a soccer game, I don't want to miss it because some politician did something that I have to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a really, uh, micro example. Um, but to, to kind of like zoom out on a more macro level, I wanted, um, I wanted control over my, over my creativity, over my thoughts, over my projects, and, and really over my day. And when did cooking and culinary, where, where does this passion come from? Mm, good question. Okay, so the year after I, gra- I graduated, the year after I finished the PAGE program, it's a one-year program, mm-hmm. um, I... I got a job in human resources at NBC because like I needed a job. I wanted to stay in the building and that was available at that time. So I took it. But of course I didn't want to be in human relations. I didn't really want to be behind a desk all that much. Um, so I did that. And then I also interned at this food website called serious eats. So I would work nine to five, this HR job. And then I would go. So, and that's like midtown New York. And I'd take the train down to Chelsea, New York, which is where the serious eats offices were. And I would work there for, from like five thirty to eight. And that is, that was like, I lived for those, those two and a half hours at the end of the day. Um, I got to, 
take photos of food and go on these really fun ex- like excursions with the Serious Eats team to dis- to determine, you know, the best dumplings in Chinatown or or you know, the best pizza in Brooklyn. Um and and that's also when I realized, okay, this this passion I have for this thing, this doesn't have to be just a hobby. These people are doing it for a living. Maybe I could incorporate it in what I do professionally more than I had thought before. And luckily it, it really went hand in hand with what I was already doing. And how long did you stay at Serious Eats and kind of, I'd call it moonlighting while you had a day job? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was probably six months, six to eight months. I would say I, I really held up that kind of schedule. Um, but then after I was a straight up intern for them, then I kind of morphed into a freelance contributor for them. So I still was very much a part of the extended Serious Eats family um, for, for many years following that. So when does the KDQ business itself, almost like KDQ Inc. or KDQ LLC, when does that actually take off? So that took off after... So after NBC, I, I went to a video news startup called Now This, which still is very much um, around and doing great things. Um, I was their founding host, actually. Well, there were three of us. There were three hosts. I think I was one of the first like dozen people hired um, this, this baby little startup. And that's really when I did, did a lot of the on-camera work. Um, so I was in that job for a couple of years. And, and when I left that job, it was to go freelance to cover food as a host. Um, and to kind of like mishmash the prior seven years of my career and to try and make something as, as a personality doing food videos, basically. Um, and that is when I started my YouTube channel, really kind of on the side as a thing that I could do to showcase my work, really to get other work. <laughs> um, not, not realizing what a powerful platform it is. And, um, and I think my timing was also really good with that because it was just when the word YouTuber was even becoming a thing at all. So I, uh, yeah. So then I rode that wave and was a YouTuber for, <laughs> about five years and still do a bit of it. Um, but have, have pivoted a bit. Um, and currently, um, I have signed a book deal with Harper Collins and awesome. I'm, I'm really, really neck deep in, in that right now. And, and what's the thesis behind the book? Well, it's about food, of course. Um, food in Europe. I'm not entirely sure how specific I can be with you, but um, make it keep it general. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so it's about my favorite foods um, here in Europe, and specifically in uh, England, France, and Italy. And why did you move though from New York to England? So that was that was a matter of love. Um, <laughs> my uh, my now husband, um, who is also American, we met in New York. He his uh, he got a job opportunity to come over here, and and again, like 
luckily is like as long as I have the internet and a video camera, I should be able to move anywhere. So I, I hopped along for the ride. And how do you think of YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snap, TikTok? I guess we could keep listing. <laughs> so more, many. Keep listing more and more. But how, how do you, do you use them all? Uh, is there one where the majority of your business you're trying to drive to just so that you've got? Uh, the amount of uh, engage, you know, increased engagement and followers and whatever the latest metric is to get brands raising their hands and saying, hey, Katie, I'd like for you to be a, a partner of mine. How do you look at each of those platforms? So I think it's important to not just have one. I have some actually really good friends um, here in London who are Instagrammers. That is that is their whole thing. And my hat's off to them. They, they hustle hard and they do really good stuff. But we've had these conversations. I express to them, what happens when Instagram goes away? Because <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, look what happened to Vine. This is, it's, only, it's, the, it's the nature of this stuff. Um, so personally, I think it's important to be on a few of them. Um, but not to be on all of them necessarily. I'm not on all of them. I'm not on TikTok. I Snapchat was pretty big for me for a couple of years, but I, it's pretty much dropped off um, when Instagram Stories got got big um, because I find it's really unsustainable to try and do it all. So I guess my answer to your question is my strategy is to be somewhere in the middle. So to be on several to not rely too heavily on any one. Although of course, certain platforms are more of, more of the, have more of my audience and are therefore more the thing that, um, brands that I might work with are, are interested in. Um, but at the same time to just keep it so that, so that you can, or I, you know, so that a creator can stay sane in the process. I think that's really important. How much time do you look at the replies to your content to, I don't know, either get happy, get frustrated, or learn from? Well, I, I try and be really good about staying on top of comments um, because a part of what I'm trying to do is create a community. And, and, and replying to comments is a really big part of that because in a community, you have to be heard and responded to and and it can't just be the, the one way thing that like watching television is. Right. So, um, I try and be really good about it. That being said, this kind of goes back to the balance of keep it quirky in order to do that. I can't, I can't be glued to screens all day. A big part of myself keeping it quirky. And I think this why it is why it goes to exercise and getting out is like getting away from screens, you know? Um, so, so it is, it's totally a balance and I can't say it's the exact same every week even, but I try to be good about engaging, um, but not being so, so tied to it. And at the, very, at the very beginning of the conversation, you said, oh my gosh, I need to get back to Miami. If all of a sudden we snapped our fingers and you were in Oxford uh, this week, this weekend, what are the two or three things you're doing? Bagel Street. <laughs> getting, getting some bagels. Um, I would want to see what, what the theater department's up to. I would hope to 
to make my trip align with a performance. I'd love to see, to see that talent. Um, Oh man. I think just like wandering up and down high street. It's called high street, right? (laughs) It is. (laughs) Okay. Good. Thank goodness. (laughs) Um, yeah. Are those lame answers? I don't know. I haven't given much thought to it. I think I'd want to talk to professors, professors who are still around, um, and then like go to Steinkeller or someplace where I could just like get a pint and, and chat with some, uh, some seniors, you know, and hear how their experience has been and what they want to do. So if you're at Steinkeller and you're talking to a senior, what, what are you telling them about the next 12 months of their life and the next 10 years of their life? Well, first of all, I'm only going to tell them if they ask me. I'm not just going to go and be like, listen up, little ones. Because uh, I would be much more interested in hearing about them and their experience. Um, but presuming... If they ask. If presuming that they ask. After as an alumni, um, you've bought them a beer and then they yeah, ask Yeah, yeah, exactly. Question. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I would just say... Don't stress. Like, don't stress. It's you're at the point you've gotten yourself far enough that you've set yourself up for success. So you just have to follow that path you've already laid out for yourself and it's going to work out. Katie Q, thank you for taking the time from afar. I hope you get back to Miami real soon, too. And I do love her final words. Don't stress. You've already set yourself up for success. See it all skippers real soon.